Great to have you along here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money leading up closer and closer to Christmas, three weeks from today. So your time is starting to slip away bit by bit, not for shopping till Christmas, but for deals for Christmas, which really the deals close out, the true deals, by the end of this week. Because the last couple of weeks, those are people who look at shopping for Christmas as a chore, and retailers take advantage of that and don't offer the same level of deals. Now, speaking of deals, there's a deal I got this weekend that has caused an uproar on Facebook. The guy who hates gift cards so much is smiling, holding a gift card. I'll explain why people are Clark-raged at me and why you can decide, have I committed my own Clark-rage in just a little while? And the Senate has passed its version of a tax cut bill House did so weeks ago, and they will have to come to a meeting of the minds between the two houses of Congress. But I wanted to tell you the parts that are nearly 100% certain that are things that will affect you that are clearly almost certainly part of whatever bill reaches the president's desk. And I want to talk right now about a massive, massive merger that has been a big story for the last three days as rumors and now confirmed about CVS buying Aetna. And there's been all kinds of speculation about what it's going to mean to you and me. And there have been writers writing about how the merger is horrific for consumers, others how it might be good for consumers, And all this instant analysis. So let me tell you how I see this thing. This is part of a continuing progression where the way we get health care in the United States is changing. And where we're headed towards is a version of privatized socialized medicine. You know, we in America don't have a lot of affinity for anything that smacks of socialism. And that's why there are people in the country who've been unhappy for the last nine years about aspects of Obamacare or just hating Obamacare completely because of the government involvement in health care. The reality is that players are bulking up in private industry to be strong enough to be a survivor in however health care migrates over the next several years. And where people are moving in fits and starts without any intention of doing so is steadily towards a model that was pioneered by Kaiser Permanente, what, 80 years ago? Kaiser, which is the dominant health care provider in California, and provides health care scattered around the country, is the closest to where people in the industry 
are steadily moving like this CVS Aetna purchase. In the Kaiser world, you pay a premium to them for your health care coverage, and you go to their facilities, their hospitals, their doctors, their pharmacy, their uh, physician's assistants, their physical therapy, their everything. And so you as a consumer, when you go to a Kaiser facility, you pay a visit charge, which depending on which plan you've signed up for, that's the visit charge. And typically that's it. There's no balance billing. There's no shock bills. There's none of that. But on the other hand, what do you give up? You give up the fact that you have no choice to go outside of their system. Remember I said you go to their facilities, their doctors, their hospitals, their pharmacy, their everything. And if the care is good, great. If the care is not, well, that's not good. If the waits are too long, you're in their system for at least that year. Well, so CVS and Aetna, the likely result is that CVS will operate a large number of retail clinics, way beyond what they do now, that will be fully integrated with Aetna Healthcare. Likely they'll have facilities open around the clock. And you will be expected, if you want your medical care covered by your insurance, you'll be expected to go to their off-hours places and not to a hospital emergency room. You know, one of the Bermuda Triangles for uh, people with insurance, with money you have to pay out of pocket, and massive costs for your insurer, is when you go to an emergency room for something that's not really an emergency. And part of all this marrying up is to control all the different phases. It's not at all a wild leap to think of CVS, Aetna, also ending up owning a network of hospitals. Hospitals are already very heavily buying up doctor practices. And so doctors who used to hang their own shingles now are employees of hospital systems. So socialized medicine is what I'll call it. Others might call it something else. But generally the effect is because Medical care in the United States is very inefficient and is by far the most expensive in the world. And we use double a share of our national income to provide health care versus any other developed country on earth. With health care hitting a point of nearly 20% of our nation's economy, you're going to see everything about the next few years is going to be about cost containment, cost control, limiting choice to you, limiting access to you. And the limiting of everything is all about trying to crush those costs and bring them more in line with the rest of the developed world. It's not always going to be pretty, let me tell you. And that's whether the government socializes medicine or these behemoths like CBS Aetna, run their own socialized medicine. 
Steve is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Steve. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Steve. Uh, You want to talk about the problems with missed deliveries on packages that are a plague right now across our land. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see if I can get, get some answers on how I can help get, be able to combat this problem that's happening. Um, you know, with Amazon and their, their, their two-day service that they guarantee, um, I'm noticing a big issue with the United States Postal Service where they come out, they'll go out to deliver packages, but I'll often find that, hey, delivery is being attempted, missed, and they'll deliver it the next day. Or I'll often get the wrong address, and then it shows up the next day. And it's, it's, it's becoming quite a problem. And I've tried calling their, their main number, waiting an hour, and then just to get Oh, at the postal the service? Yes. Oh, stop yes. doing that. <laughs> stop wasting your life calling the postal service. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's almost an hour long. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, call Amazon. As with well, any, co- any company you order from, call the company itself. Now, you mentioned this with the Postal Service. Amazon and a lot of the country uses regional delivery services, and one of those is under uh, tight service standards with them, and they will list a package as being delivered when they actually mm-hmm. haven't even put it on a vehicle to deliver to people's houses so they don't get in trouble with Amazon. And I remember calling Amazon earlier this year about a package my daughter had ordered that showed delivered, but it obviously hadn't come. And I love what the person at Amazon said, which was so honest. He said, yeah, we got a lot of complaints like this about this company and, you know, this delivery company. And so this is a problem because all the package deliverers are having a really hard time. They're all wheezing. Uh, UPS, four deliveries in the last week from various uh, companies shipping with UPS, four have not met the delivery time and have reposted new delivery times. And so uh, everybody, in although I haven't heard this at all with FedEx yet, but I bet they're having some wheezing difficulties as well, just because the volume of of deliveries right now is so large that the system has at least temporarily broken down. Well, and I, I certainly agree there with you, especially you know for the holiday delivery and all the you know the surge in packages around the holiday season, but really stemming from just the holiday season. What I'm, I'm noticing is the carriers specifically don't. They, they don't deliver. And, and what I'm noticing is I've reached out to Amazon. I've reached out to USPS. And it's, they, they choose to neglect, I want to say. And it, I, I get the volume is definitely one thing. But my question is, how can I, if you can't make my delivery date, I'm fine with that. It's just what I'm looking for is how can I get someone to say, look, I, I can't get to your door. I'm sorry. Right, so our experience and, has been, that that contact always needs to go back to walmart.com or amazon.com, which are the two dominant online sellers, or whoever it is you're buying from. Don't worry about what any package delivery service, including the Postal Service or anybody else, what they haven't done. 
go back to the source, tell them the delivery has not been made, and generally they will offer you some form of credit if you ask for it. One of the things okay. we've discovered with Amazon, are you a Prime member? I am, yes. So Amazon, every time they are late delivering a package and you bring it to their attention, one of the things one of our web people has found is you can ask them for an additional month on your Prime membership for free. Oh, interesting. So you should be very specific what you want. And that's one thing apparently the people on the phones can give you. Okay. Okay. I'll certainly notate that in the next time I have All right. So here's a big thing, Steve, that relates to your phone call. I said this last week. I want to repeat it again. Do not believe any online seller's promise about delivery by Christmas after this Saturday. This is it because the system is so overwrought and strained with the demand that I won't believe any delivery promises after Saturday. So I don't care what they say. I don't care what extra they charge you for expedited delivery. Don't trust it. So this is unusual. We get to have potentially a Clark Rageous moment about me. So this past weekend, Target had a one-day sale on gift cards. Target gift cards were being sold with, at a 10% discount. And if you're a longtime listener, you know how I feel about gift cards. I despise gift cards. And so Krista of our crew had me post a picture on our Facebook page of me standing in front of the Target store where I bought the gift cards with an explanation about why I bought them. And so we've had a couple hundred thousand people see that and many who have commented not in a positive way that this is very confusing or hypocritical or what. How could I be smiling that I'd bought these gift cards. Okay, so let's deal with what I've said about them over the years. You should never, ever buy a gift card that is the same value as the real U.S. money you use to buy that gift card. That is an inferior purchase because you're taking money that can be used anywhere and you're turning it into money that can only be used at one place. In addition... Of late, I've talked about the real risk with the retail sector and with restaurants, with both industries and a world of hurt, and that a lot of retailers and restaurants are going to fail to exist, cease to exist in the future. And if you have money for them and they're not stable and they go out of business, you lose that money. But on the other hand, and this is where it gets confusing, I have said without exception for more years than I can count, that a gift card can be a good deal if you get bonus money. Let's say uh, Joel of our crew got 50% bonus on a restaurant gift card recently. My wife got 22% bonus on a restaurant gift card recently. Target was doing the 10%. So if you're taking real U.S. money that can be used anywhere 
and turning it into fake money that can only be used at a particular place or particular restaurant or particular store, that's only a, a thing worth doing if you get bonus money, especially if it's a place you frequent. So that's the explanation for what seems backwards that I would actually be there smiling with a gift card. And that's what makes me smile is when the gift card gives the bonus. The other thing is any gift cards you get in a few weeks for Christmas, burn them quick, use them quick. Because of the first thing I said, second thing I said, I guess, that the restaurant and retail industry is unstable. Don't let that money sit and gather dust. Use it. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. And ClarkDeals.com where you go to save money as you work on your Christmas shopping or you have fun with your Christmas shopping over the next few weeks. The Clark Deal serves you all year long with our deal diggers looking for the best deals for you. So I want to hit you with what the deal is on the tax packages that have been voted out of the House and the Senate and what is likely to emerge on the president's desk. There are lots of little things that will change, but there are overall things that are pretty clear. Number one, the main purpose of this is to give a large tax cut to big corporations. Their maximum tax rate is going to drop from 35% to 20%. And this is something that I have long been in favor of because we have made a mistake in the United States telling corporations not to bring your money to the United States because our tax rate on corporations is much higher than tax rates are elsewhere in the world. Now, everything else is about winners and losers because all the money, the net cost of this, is eaten up by the tax cut for corporations. And they could have just done a simple corporate tax cut and left everything else out. But there was a decision in the House and the Senate to incorporate in it changes in how individuals are taxed that will lead to some people paying more tax and others paying less tax moving forward. A number of things that we now do will be different. One thing that is fantastic for individuals is for most people, again, taking what looks likely to happen in both the final version as the House and Senate versions are married into a bill put on President Trump's desk, is that most people will now be able to do a tax return by themselves without professional help in under 10 minutes. That's because people who currently may itemize deductions will no longer be eligible for that or need to because what's known as the standard deduction, which will be used by the overwhelming percent of taxpayers, depending on 
how the House and Senate versions work out. Somewhere between 75 and maybe as high as 90% of taxpayers will just take the standard deduction, report your income, and that'll be it. So it'll be very, very simple. Depending on your individual circumstances and how you earn your income and all that, you'll find next year your taxes either go down by some or up by some. Typical person, maybe a 1% difference. Some people will see a more significant difference. But again, this was really all about dealing with something that's been hanging out there for a long time that needed to be addressed, which is the ridiculous level we charge to corporations now versus everywhere else in the world. Other things you're going to see is that people who have relied a lot on deducting state and local taxes, that's gone in both versions. And the mortgage interest deduction will have a tight cap of how much can be deducted that looks like it's going to end up at $10,000. For most taxpayers, $10,000 will be plenty. But again, for most taxpayers, that won't matter at all because you'll only be taking the standard deduction anyway, even if you are a homeowner with a mortgage. A lot of other things affect people who own small businesses. And it's something frustrating for me because entrepreneurs, small business owners, have no power to politically influence the Congress like big corporations do. People who are entrepreneurs operating their own small business will pay a discriminatory tax rate significantly higher than what big corporations will pay. And that is very frustrating to me because if you're really looking to spur economic growth, economic growth overwhelmingly comes from new businesses, entrepreneurs, fast-growing businesses, small businesses, none of which receive the big benefits that the big powerful corporations will get from the realignment of the tax code. Now, the other thing that you got to be aware of is that and no matter how you slice this this is going to increase the federal budget deficit you may also be aware in addition to my love of cutting corporate taxes which have said i'm in favor of i am diametrically opposed to us running a budget deficit in the united states i think it weakens our position in the world and puts us in a position where our kids are going to be left holding the bag for the cost that we're incurring that we're not paying for. But that's a philosophy, that's a belief of mine. When you look at the practical matter of how this affects you, in in the simplest terms of all, for maybe 85-90% of taxpayers, it's simplifying your life, not changing the taxes you owe very much. It does give giant corporations a massive tax cut and then, by comparison, punishes small businesses. And that is my brief summary of what's going to end up as the law of the land. In theory, and this is why economics is a dismal science, giving lower taxes to corporations may in fact ultimately lead to higher economic growth 
than tax cuts specifically geared towards individuals. But only time will tell if what economists believe is empirical fact will turn out to be true in everyday life for us as a country and for us as Americans. Michael is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Michael. Hey, Clark. It's good to see you. Well, it's great to be here with you. You have a question for me about something I haven't had anybody ask me about in probably two years. Okay, so um, I'll let you know. I'm a college student and um, recently married, so I'm trying to find out good ways to start saving for the future. And I, in my research, I found out about prize-linked savings accounts. And I'm hoping you know more about them than I do because I'm just now learning. But from the sound of it, they're designed to help people begin saving by taking the thrill of a lottery and combining it with a savings account. Is that right? Yes, and I love these. I love them because the hardest thing for so many people is getting started saving. And and when I see people in lines to buy lottery tickets, it just eats me up because I see people taking their hard-earned money and throwing it away on tickets where the odds are almost none that they're going to win. And the beauty of the what are known as prize-linked savings accounts is you put money in savings, the money grows for you, and you're building that habit of savings, but everybody's entered into a prize drawing, basically a raffle. And just like in a lottery... Some people are going to win, other most are going to lose, but the point is you're not paying extra to be part of that prize link. It's how credit unions in particular and some banks create an incentive to try to get you to put money in savings with them. Exactly. Now, they're not legal everywhere. Uh, there's about, oh, somewhere like 12 to 15 states, somewhere in there, that prize link savings accounts are legal everywhere else unfortunately they are still illegal and that's really not okay with me it, creating incentives for people to save like a prize link savings account i think is fantastic and i wish that state lottery officials looking for new ways to get people to buy tickets would consider prize linked um, lottery tickets, where mm-hmm. the idea of this, that's not my idea, this was presented years ago, is that you'd buy a lottery ticket where a portion of that lottery ticket would go into your own savings account and the rest goes to the actual lottery ticket. Any way we can get people to save money, I'm all for. All so, right. So are you a member of a credit union or bank that's offered you the idea of doing prize linked actually no i'm in a state where it's not offered and i was wondering does it make sense for me to try to open an account with a bank in another state or would that just now i think it's based on the state that you're a resident of oh okay i don't think you're allowed to do it and i should name the states that i'm aware of that prize linked savings accounts are legal washington state oregon North Carolina, New York, South Carolina, Nebraska, Michigan, Kansas, Missouri, Indiana, Illinois, and Connecticut. 
Okay. So you got uh, got a, a fair amount of population in a lot of the states that have legalized it, but I wish that this was just a 50-state thing. Mm-hmm. So in absence of this, you sound like you're motivated to save anyway. Yes, so uh, you said you just got married. You're in school. Are you also working full or part-time? I'm, I'm a full-time student, but my wife is working full-time. Oh, great. Does she have a 401k where she works? I don't believe so. When I asked her, she said that they don't offer them at her work. Okay, so for her, the great thing she could do, if it's something you can afford, is to set up a Roth IRA. Okay. Which would be better than doing a savings account because with the Roth, the money you put in there grows tax-free and ultimately is spent tax-free at retirement time. Perfect. So, so that would be a better choice, actually. But I'm glad you introduced the topic again of prize link savings, which is a phenomenal idea. Judy joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Judy. Hi, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Judy, uh, I remember there was an airline I used to fly that before the airline went away that used to do these prizes on board. And one question I remember they asked on the plane once is who had the most credit cards? And I think if you had been on the flights with me, you would have won every time. Well, it's taken like 46 years to acquire all of these. How many do you have? Um, 38 or 40. That's a lot of I mean, credit cards. Yes. How many of those 38 or 40 have annual fees? None. Oh, well, you know, it could actually be helping you that you have more than three dozen credit cards. What's that? It helps in two ways. One is that it gives wide breath to your credit report in terms of credit history the cards you have how many years you've had them and all that is to your advantage the second is that you potentially if you're not running up a lot of charges on your cards having so many boosts your credit score because you're using so little of your available credit and that was actually my question was how could I close them because I wanted to I wanted to better my credit score. Do you it, know what your score like is right now? It's 805 or something like that, 817. Yeah, so you'll drop your score if you start closing accounts. <sighs> okay. Just leave them be. How many of the 36 them. or 40 or whatever number you said, how many <laughs> do you actually use? Maybe 4. Oh, that's fine. Just leave the others sitting in a drawer in your house gathering dust. And you're going to be in great shape. I mean, you you break 800 and you're what the industry calls golden. Oh, good. So you can't have much better credit than you have. And just leave it alone. Keep paying those bills on time and you will maintain golden credit status. Hi, Kyle. I'm glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Clark? Good. Thank you, Kyle. So you have some mistaken identity happening in your life in a weird sort of way. Tell me what's going on. Yeah, about five months ago, I got some emails from a major hotel chain confirming some reservations for a hotel in Baltimore. 
but I didn't make those reservations. I've never been to Baltimore, never or haven't had any plans to go to Baltimore, and the reservations weren't under my name. I contacted their uh, hotel, and they assured me that my account hadn't been compromised and I wasn't going to be charged for it, but the emails have continued coming for about five months. Most of them are pretty standard, earn points on your next day, but some of them included other guests' names, addresses, check-in dates, check-out dates, and uh, confirmation numbers. Well, I now, really does it give any partial credit card number, you know, where it will give like the last four of a credit card number that was used for a guarantee for the room? No, I haven't noticed that. I would go back and look for that. So what is likely what happened is that somebody made a clerical error when they were doing this reservation and accidentally uh, typed in maybe a character off and it's your address instead of the address of the person who actually made the reservation. I would not, in this case, unless you see a credit card number, partial number that you're like, oh my goodness, that's my credit card number being used as a guarantee. You know, with a hotel reservation, the generally the card isn't charged till the person no-shows or when they go to check out. So it would be much later in the process, most of the time, that there would be any trail that would lead back to you. So my guessing is that whoever has made this mistake should be very happy that you're the one this has been misdirected to because you're not going to bring them any harm or danger. And their customer service got a little uh, worse this weekend. Uh, One of their people tried to say that this was a phishing scam. Um, when I replied and said that there was no evidence of that because the email address seemed authentic, they've never asked for any of my personal information. They've only sent me other people's information. They and and is, and there, is there any identifying phone number on the reservation for the people who the booking is for? Um, not that I can recall, but I would have Okay, to- go back and look through them. I want you to look to see if there's anybody maybe you should call who's on that booking and let them have a heads up, but look to see anywhere if you see any credit number, your credit card number of yours anywhere. You're listening to the Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you tuning in to the Clark Howard Show. And if you'd like more fun stuff to listen to by podcast, well, we have our empowerment zone. This is where you get to hear the stories of people that have done amazing things, either in overcoming hardship in their lives or things they've done to accomplish, go to clark.com slash empowermentzone.